0: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Blue Wire Pods. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, who you know, who you love, Zach Kelberman. Zach, we wondered, we questioned, what did it mean, Tim Patrick getting the extension first, coming on Friday? I kind of intuited from that that, well, I, I would assume George Payton has made overtures to the Sutton camp and there's no deal yet because maybe Sutton wants to see what the market's going to be willing to pay him come March or whatever. I was wrong. They were in the works. They got her done, locked up four-year deal worth, we'll call it just under 61 million bucks. What was your gut reaction?
1: My gut reaction is it's obvious now the Broncos are going big game hunting at quarterback and I, for one, cannot be more excited Whether that's a rookie quarterback or a veteran quarterback via trade, via signing, via drafting, George Payton is eyeing the centerpiece to this offense because they are a legitimate quarterback away and some better coaching from being a legitimate playoff team, a perennial playoff team with the talent they have on paper. So it signals to me that he's taken cues from teams around the NFL, no matter the quarterback, if they're successful, if they're elite, whether they're Tom Brady or Kyler Murray, they have weapons around them. They have elite pass catchers. They have elite running backs, top notch offensive line. Well, George Payton is solidifying the supporting cast for that quarterback yet to be determined Whether it's Matt Corral or Aaron Rodgers, Chad, locking down two of your best receivers. You still have KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy under contract. Obviously, Javante Williams under contract. Uh, This offense is loaded for bear. Noah Fan under contract. Albert O under contract. I had a whole tweet about this. The foundation that George Payton is building is so impressive. And it points to success as early as 2022 because you need playmakers to win in the NFL. And Tim Patrick and Cortland Sutton are two of the biggest the sport has to offer. Listen
0: up, Broncos Country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tickpick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up Podcast and
1: ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home, Broncos versus Jets, TickPick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. I think that's a very interesting way to look at it, that it's a preemptive, you know, stocking of the shelves to try and lure the next quarterback. And if you're going to try to lure, that obviously implies veteran. I think George Payton is salivating still over the prospect of one Aaron Rodgers. And uh, it's still very much a possibility. What were the terms, Zach? you remember, I mean, we don't cover the Green Bay Packers, but when he did finally show back up to camp, Mm. Didn't they make some concessions about what's going to happen for him in the spring?
1: Yeah, I I can't remember the numbers. I was going to look on my phone real quick, but I know two of the non-financial olive branches that were extended was he would get a no-trade clause next year. He would pretty much get to pick where he plays, and also they wanted to make some personnel moves, or he wanted to, and that's why they brought back Randall Cobb. I don't have the exact numbers on hand, but it wasn't just about the money, as was reported.
0: But, yeah, it's a, it's either going to be a guy like Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we'll see what the NFL veteran quarterback market cranks out, you know, in three, four months' time. but Or it could be Zach Russell Wilson or someone like that. I mean, things are not trending in a great direction for Seattle. And Pete Carroll, even though you'd never know it by looking at him, he's freaking old, dude. Like, he's, what is he, 70, 70? It's something ridiculous, Zach. I got to look this up real quick. Pete Carroll, age, is it 78? Maybe I'm going 70. All right. Yeah, a little too much. But, but still, he's
1: chewing gum like an
0: 18-year-old, though. That dude, I guarantee you, you know, I'm a relatively healthy, maybe modest dad bod going on, 42 almost. I'll be 42 next month. I promise you that dude could crush me in like a 100 meter or run in the mile or whatever. That dude's got juice. But I think between the years, his overall message, it's just kind of started to fall on deaf ears with that team. And I think here in the very near future, you'll see Seattle looking to make a change. So I don't think in that case, Zach, it's a matter of choosing between, say, Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson. But if they are going to do a reset under GM John Snyder, you wonder where they're, how they're going to prioritize that. And you wonder, could they be so dumb? to move on from Russell Wilson, who still has, ostensibly, Zach, a decade left in the tank.
1: I don't, you know, that's, we were talking about this on last night's pod, Scott and I, I don't think that would be dumb anymore. From what I've seen since that finger injury, and even kind of before that, Russell Wilson is not the same quarterback. And it might be just a, a rough patch he's going through, but it also could be father time catching up with him. It does with everyone. Is undefeated, and Russell Wilson will be its next victim regardless. I think if Seattle was smart under John Schneider, they would initiate a rebuild. They would kind of usher Pete Carroll, Russell Wilson out the door. It's time for some new blood. They're, I think, 3-7 and seven now. They're losing games fairly bad. Badly. And I just don't think Russell's that same type of quarterback that he was years ago. And on top of that, you'd be surrendering all the draft compensation to pry him from Seattle, meaning multiple first round picks, second round picks, players, whatever, and taking on his contract for a 30, what is he, 35, 36 years old? I mean, that he's not a long-term answer either. So I would much prefer, I know you might be right about Peyton chasing Rodgers. They have that NFC North connection He might want to maybe make a play for someone like Deshaun Watson, Kirk Cousins. There are going to be veteran quarterbacks available via trade. My preference is George Payton gets his young guy in the building, cost-controlled rookie, preferably first-round draft pick, builds him up with the proper coaching staff, and then you're doing it the right way. Instead of acquiring a Russell Wilson, go out and draft the next Russell Wilson.
0: He's 32, by the way. And do you remember when the injury you're, d- you're talking about occurred for Russ? It was like five,
1: five, six weeks ago, seven weeks ago.
0: Right. For him, check this out. So he, he ultimately came up short for MVP last year to Aaron Rodgers, right? But dude, this cat threw 40 touchdowns last year. Career high, 40. Not very many quarterbacks in NFL history have reached the 40 mark. But anyway, we're, we're digressing a little bit here back to the point of Cortland sutton i think you're right that this is very much a preemptive you know even if it's not for an aaron Rodgers, even if it's not for a teddy bridgewater maybe it's for a oh gosh i guess we got to roll with drew lock in in 2022 because teddy wants to get paid and we've kind of vick's gone and we've kind of gotten as much blood out of that rock as we can So we're going to roll with Drew this in a contract year and angle for the 2023 draft class. It would not surprise me. Let's see what's on uh, everybody else's mind. Got some questions in here about um, injuries. The good news, boys and girls, well, it's good and bad. Uh, Vic Fangio today, quote, Bradley Chubb, going to practice today. So we're just starting the clock on him because he's on injured reserve. We'll see where it goes. Garrett Bowles, he is going to the – CV reserve list so he's uh, definitely not going to be there for Sunday's game and then Bobby Massey right tackle according to Vic has a chance to play this week so you're going to be without Bowles again Zach you're still going to be without Bradley Chubb but Bradley Chubb I think that's a really strong sign I don't trust it so much just because with Chubb's injury history I don't trust his luck I guess is the best way to put it but it is a optimistic positive sign that They've seen enough in his recovery and rehab to say, hey, we're going to start the clock. And what that means is they have to activate him to practice from injured reserve, not activated to the roster, but he gets a little window of time before they have to make the decision whether or not they're going to put him back on the active roster. And they're starting that today, which tells us he's made some real progress.
1: Yeah, 21 days from the time they decide that, and they either have to put him on the active roster or leave him on IR for the rest of the year. That was the rule. I don't know if it changes. The NFL changes every year. Uh, it's encouraging, but I, I'm of the same mindset as you, Chad. Until he stays healthy and proves his health, we can't really get excited about Bradley Chubb. And at this point, I kind of don't even want him taking reps away from Jonathan Cooper. And it might be stupid, but I the, the way that Cooper's blossoming, he looks like a... I don't want to say low rent Bradley Chubb, but he's doing a lot of the same things. He can be that impactful pass rusher, certainly more than Malik Reed is right now. They need someone to fill in for Von Miller, fill those legendary shoes, whether that's Bradley Chubb, Jonathan Cooper, I don't care, but I can get excited about one right now, rely on one right now, and that one is not Bradley Chubb, unfortunately.
0: I don't know why it's not showing it on the StreamYard side, but Max Power, before we grab Josh's super chat, Zach, he asked really early, well before the pod started on... uh... Across the pond, Great Britain, appreciate you, Max. He says, uh, George Payton does it again, Rogers-Wilson trade. So he's kind of sharing a brain with you on that. It's a rare thing that you share a brain with uh, Max Power or vice versa, but yes, indeed. Uh, Here's Josh, appreciate you, Josh. He says, a great signing. Max combined hit, 26-ish a year. Uh, Kenny Galladay hit is 21 million a year alone. I'll roll with Timmy P and Sutton any day. Jets or Jags would have given him much more. Yes, that's the one thing that surprises me is that Cortland Sutton had to know, Zach. I could get more on the open market, but that's if I make it through the season completely unscathed. Whereas here I am in this moment in time where you know I've built myself a little legend in the NFL, modest as it may be. I've got some draft pedigree as a former second round pick and I've made one Pro Bowl. I'm going to go ahead and take that 30 point or 34.9 million fully guaranteed now, because that's life changing money. They already make pretty good money as a second round pick. You know, he's made a few million bucks by the time he gets through his rookie deal, but there's a big difference Zach, between, you know, 5 million, 6 million, whatever it might be over four years and 34, 35 million fully guaranteed. Now that might not be like completely change the game for multi generations of the Sutton clan, but that's, you're set forever, man. Like you, there's, there's no, you don't got a trip. So I think that was his deal. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take that money now. I know what it's like. How, how quickly wins can change, according to injury. I've suffered that. I've seen that. The offer is enough to where I feel, you know, I can still maintain my pride with that, with that accepting that deal. And it also tells me Zach, he actually wants to stay a Denver Bronco.
1: You know, one false move, and he's settling for a prove-it deal on the open market next year. And I think he knows that, like you said, firsthand after tearing his ACL. I thought Sutton's deal is more commensurate to his ability, though. It comes out to, what, 15 a year, whereas Tim Patrick settled for about 10 a year at base value. I thought Tim took a big hometown discount, hometown discount, and I appreciate that on on the Broncos' behalf. But I thought Cortland Sutton—that's a fair deal for him. I don't think he's the best receiver in the NFL. Should be making twenty million dollars a year, which he would have would have made on the franchise tag. I think about fifteen is really good for him, really good for the Broncos. And again, the bigger message George Payton is sending in season, by the way, in the middle of a, a bad stretch—that if you play well for the Broncos, we will reward you. We will take care of homegrown talent, Broncos. Uh, built talent, and that sends a great message to the rest of the team and also players not playing for the Broncos yet, like a quarterback in the draft, in free agency, on the the trade market. We're going to surround you with weapons. Come play for us.
0: Let's grab Sam Bam. What's
1: going on, Sam Bam? Good to see you, brother.
0: He says, what's up, guys? Let me remember this. Broncos, Braves, and what was the M? Do you remember that? Either way. Hey, I got two out of three, big dog. He says, "What's up, guys? It may be wishful thinking, but I can't help but think Peyton is planning to make a run at Russ or Rogers or Watson. Yes, I said it. By getting the core offensive weapons set for years to come, yes. your thoughts? Yes, indeed. And that wasn't really an angle I honestly, Zach, because I haven't been on Twitter much today, that, so I didn't see your tweets. That wasn't really something I considered for uh, for Sutton and just and Patrick reading between the lines, but it definitely holds water."
1: I mean, I mean, I saw a comment that said Tyler Columbus said it's for Teddy Bridgewater, and I find that really hard to believe. <laughs> they're surrounding a one-year Band-Aid like Teddy with all these weapons. No, it's good for him to enjoy right now while he's the starter, but they're keeping the seat warm for his successor. And his successor is going to be a big name. And this is why I said big game hunting when I talked about what George Payton's designs at the positions are. I don't know right now if it's Rodgers, Wilson, Watson, Matt Corral, you know, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis. I don't have the exact name right now, obviously, but that's what it's setting up for, and I love the plan that you can see playing out with George Payton. I said this yesterday. I've been saying it since he was hired, Chad. A lot of problems plaguing the Broncos right now. George Payton is not one of them. He is the elixir to the sickness in Dove Valley.
0: And you know what? Eventually... You know, might not take antibiotics to get rid of the sickness. I mean, it's going to burn itself out in a sense, and that's going to come in the form of probably Vic Fangio being shown the door. And then George can really build this team purely in his own image with his own vision. Jamal, good to see you, brother. Appreciate you. Also, shout out to John, uh, both Johns, John Livick, John Juno, all of you, all of our great members of our community. We love you. It's great to be with you tonight. Uh, Christian says, George Payton was a home run hire. Zach, facts. Zach,
1: yes, indeed. Appreciate that super chat. Big, big boy. Uh, Zach, Greg, go ahead. And I'm never changing that pin tweet. I I said it in March. I tweeted that as my pin tweet right now. But I said, Chad, the day he was hired, we got on this podcast. We both love the hire. I mean, this is a coveted guy that's now running the Broncos, a guy that many other teams wanted the Broncos got. And if you've paid attention since January and the moves that he's made and the deliberate plans and the breadcrumbs that he's leaving, it's so exciting. I cannot wait for the coming offseason. We liked George and we liked Fontenot, Terry Fontenot, who ended up
0: hiring with uh, Atlanta and George so far has not disappointed uh, Greg Smith good to see you brother here's Plum Bob what's going on brother how's SpongeBob I assume you guys know each other he says it was kind of scared Sutton was going to be gone but I'm so happy he's staying yeah you never know right when the business side of things comes into play and those type of decisions reach the flashpoint you never can really say for sure in the league uh what you're gonna see and so it's always, always encouraging when the guys that you want to see stay and you expect to see stay, stay. We couldn't say the same for Philip Lindsay, but hey, Cortland's staying. Timmy P.'s staying. Albert Knoppers, good to see you, bro. He says, yes, finally some uh, great deals done, some great players locked in. Most definitely. Just real quick, Zach, let's say hello to a few of our uh, Facebook folks. We got Clayton in the house. What's up, Clayton? Uh, Travis Tarbox, good to see you, brother. He says, uh, George Payton is setting. Our Broncos up for an amazing future. We got Big Earn in the house, and uh, we signed two players for three more years. Go Broncos. Yes, indeed. And uh, we got Michael, amongst many, many others. What's up, Michael? How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. All right. Here's a question from Savage Boy Kev over on Twitch. He says, what if we sign Aaron Rodgers, keep Drew luck and draft Desmond Ritter? Put down the Madden. Brian Dayball. As head coach of uh, of course, I think is what he's saying.
1: Well, for you can't sign you have to trade for him. That's number one. And if they why would you trade for, you know, you don't need all those quarterbacks, is my point. It's gonna either gonna be one or the other, Rodgers or Ritter. You know, Locke or Matt Corral. More than likely, Locke's not gonna be in the picture. Of those three, I think Lock Chad is the unlikeliest to be involved in the Broncos plans next year. They have really no intention of keeping him around and they're going to reshape that quarterback room entirely. So it comes down to what you want, what your preference is, and if it aligns with George Payton's preference. Locke versus a rookie. Locke, excuse me, Rogers versus Matt Corral. Rogers versus Kenny Pickett. Rogers versus Malik Willis. One of those two. Not both. Certainly not three.
0: We've got the queen in the house tonight, and I, I know that she's got a super chat in. I can't quite get to it yet because I still worry that the stream will jump, but it's great to have Christy. Lots of people been asking about you. Christy. Yeah. so it's great to have you with us we have missed you and here's miguel good to see you bro appreciate the stars he says what's up fellas i'm glad sutton is staying in denver i think great things are going to happen this offseason hey bro from your lips to god's ears george fox appreciate you as well on facebook my friend he says thank you george payton for working on making our denver broncos a great team again denver broncos for life thanks guys your insight For all of us fans, it's our pleasure, man. Seriously, this is this is we're two of the luckiest cats on the planet Earth. Michaela, the Duchess, jumping in. We got two members of the female persuasion of MHH royalty here tonight. Love it. Michaela says, "I heard on the fan—that's 104.3, the fan in Denver—for those who don't live in uh, the fine city—that we should re-sign Teddy. Is that crazy? Opinions, Zach." I'm a little bit scared of this topic because on one hand, I know that the push to stand behind Teddy at this moment in the season is more of a Fangio oriented uh, decision. But at the same time, I know that George Payton played a big role in Teddy Bridgewater coming here because they have history in Minnesota. So there's a part of me, Zach, as much as I want to trust George Payton, I'm worried that, he's as big a proponent of what's happening right now as Vic Fangio and could step over a dollar to pick up a dime, so to speak and pay Teddy to keep him around. I wouldn't mind keeping him around as long as it was a very team friendly deal. And it was understood that he's a backup for whoever the next guy is.
1: Well, I think paying Sutton and Tim Patrick showed that it it doesn't matter if he handpicked you, if he was around when you were drafted or when you came up with the Broncos, if you do well for the team, we're going to take care of you. So it comes down to how well Teddy plays the rest of the year. If he plays well and it keeps the Broncos afloat, uh, George Payton will reward Teddy based on that merit alone, not because he has some alter, uh, ulterior motive or hidden designs, of what he wants to do. Um, but resign is a subjective kind of question here. Does it mean a three-year deal or a one-year deal? I wouldn't mind necessarily if he plays decently well going forward. and doesn't quit on the Broncos anymore. I maybe wouldn't mind a one-year deal at 15 mil, 18 mil, whatever, most, and then you have a guy waiting in the wings like a Corral, Ritter, Pickett, whatever, Willis, what have you. That's the only scenario I'd be on board bringing back Teddy Bridgewater. Otherwise, if you want a veteran quarterback, it's going to sound crazy but I would take someone like Kirk Cousins. I don't want a veteran. I don't want to hold over. I want a young guy, but I would take someone like Kirk Cousins 10 times out of 10 over Teddy Bridgewater. My point being, if you want a Jag, you can go find a Jag, but if you want a young guy, you got to make the decision to go all on board with that young guy.
0: You know, it's George Payton. I'm going to paraphrase him here. His definition of a franchise quarterback is a guy that can put the team on his shoulders and win the game. Um, a guy that can cover holes, a guy that I'm translating now, a guy that, you know, can, uh, when the chips are down and things haven't gone perfectly according to plan, the plan goes out the window and you you can trust the, this dude can get her done. That's how he classifies you, a, a franchise guy. That means you got to be a force to be reckoned with in your own right. And Teddy, that's just not what he is, man. He needs perfect condition, right? Condition must be perfect in order for him to bring home the bacon so on the subject of the next quarterback hey i don't care who it is can you make plays when the chips are down can you overcome suboptimal conditions and lead your team to victory howie freaking day freaking flexing on facebook with some big time stars thank you brother and by the way guys as you know we reached goal uh we have a goal of 200 stars in the month of november for facebook we crushed that as of november 17th but The way it works on Facebook, it's making it kind of hard for us to create a new goal in month, just the way their system works. So what we're going to do is because we still have, you know, another 10 days, we'll say, left almost in this month. What we're going to do is at the end of this week and the end of next week before when the month ends, we're going to go through the people who contributed as stars uh, for this week. We'll, We'll do it at the end of this week for next week end of next week raffle off some swag to the people who were contributing to the cause so you can keep it coming and you're supporting what we're doing you're helping keeping the lights on right and then also a chance to to win some swag so howie appreciate you big dog he says if we aren't going all in on a quarterback in this draft for the love of god load the offensive lineup get a good coaching staff that thinks football in the modern times not 1958 but, man, let's have an O-line that can keep whatever quarterback we end up with upright. I feel you. And I think you're on to, you know, you've got a lot of the pieces already here, believe it or not. Garrett Bowles, when he gets healthy, that's a piece you can, for the most part, set and forget. Quinn Miners, I think, has is quickly becoming a set and forget piece that you can build around moving forward. We'll see with Dalton Reisner, right? He's in year three. Next year it will be a contract year. But I'm still optimistic that he'll eventually, Zach, realize his draft pedigree and realize kind of some of his own, you know, um, the hype standards he's created for himself. Like, I don't care that I made it to the PFWA rookie team or whatever. I want pro bowls. I want all pros. You know, he's kind of creating that expectation for himself, but center, I'm still not sold on Lloyd. You're going to need to figure something out at right tackle. So at the very least, Zach, I concur that you need to get a good premium round, developmental tackle that you could perhaps count on to play as soon as 2022 at right tackle
1: I mean among non-quarterbacks that's the position that's got to be up there on George Payton's big board and that's the one lesson I hope he learned from the Elway era is not to neglect right tackle in the draft even if you have a veteran starter you have to have the guy behind him you can't rely on the Calvin Andersons and the uh, and the uh Drew Himmelmans of the world, the undrafted route, the late round route, go get a blue chip young guy, even second round kind of guy, and build him up. If you bring back Mike Munchak even better, but you have to keep that cupboard, that particular shelf stocked with a capable right tackle. So it has to be up there. I totally agree with that. You're otherwise set. I mean, even if you don't like Reisner, you have Muti, you have Quinn Miners. You have, I think is playing decently well this year. You mentioned Garrett Bowles. All you really need when you boil it down is a right tackle. And if you want to invest a premium pick in that position, I think it would behoove George Payton to do so.
0: Let's grab Travis Weber. Good to see you, big dog. He says, uh, good evening. I'm excited to see what Payton has cooking up next, but also got into thinking on top of a new coaching staff, fingers crossed, Who will be running the team if no owner in place and Ellis and Elway ride off into the sunset? It's a really good question. I just, look, I think Elway's done this year no matter what. This is it for him. Ellis, I don't think he can leave his post unless the succession plan some way somehow is executed and a Bolin takes over, which would require Zach, all the other siblings to be on board or the team gets sold. So, I think when Joe Ellis circled February of 2022 as his exit period, that's assuming there is some kind of a resolution there. And I think he said that, and he's making the assumption, and he's comfortable saying that publicly because what's being done behind closed doors leads him to believe that timetable is feasible and realistic. So, I don't know about Elway. You know, I think he, for the most part, this is it for him. Ellis, he's going to be around until that ownership mantle one way or another gets passed someone has to run the team and he is one of three people in trust Papel entrusted to to do this
1: i could have sworn when the original reporting came out about elway stepping down and hiring a new jam it included that uh, ellis was going to leave after the 2021 season I, you know, obviously i'm wrong if uh what you said is the case there but you know travis i think it was travis i said it on twitter and I'll say it again, a lot of you kind of overrate the uh, ownership aspect to the Broncos' lack of success. If they had better quarterback play, better coaching, they wouldn't be where they are right now, owner or no owner. Obviously, it's necessary. It's unconventional how they're doing it right now, but it's not as important as getting the on-field product better, and you do that through coaching and quarterback play. Otherwise, I echo what Chad said.
0: Yeah, I mean, you get the accountability factor whenever there's uh, someone above you on the pecking order. You know, it just, it's a motivating factor for whoever's underneath them. And so right now, Joe Ellis, you know, he's the, he's the guy at the top of the food chain. And it's for the most part, been status quo with the exception, Zach, of John Elway, basically falling on the sword after last year's, um, you know, marked the fifth straight year of no playoffs post-Super Bowl. Joe Ellis though, of course, he maintains uh he can maintain a feasible, um, plausible, I don't need to make a change because he's not on the football side. He's the business side. He's CEO slash team president. The football operations, that's Elway. Andrew Lampy, good to see you, bro. Appreciate the stars, he says, to Sutton. Happy we get to watch you another few years uh, with the best yet to come, hopefully. Yes, indeed. And here is the queen with a very generous super chat. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. Love you. Appreciate you. It's uh It's not a huddle up podcast when Christy's not in the stream, not in the chat contributing to our conversation. So we have missed you. Um, Let me see here, Zach. I want to, we're going to get more to the chat and see what's on everybody's mind here. But did you guys, I assume you did. No, apologies, guys. I was uh, at a family thing, Thanksgiving party yesterday. You know, you got to make time for the family and your extended family and my family decided to organize their get-together on a Sunday ahead of Thanksgiving because of various factors. So I missed last night's stream, obviously, and I haven't had a chance to listen to the episode. Did you guys discuss how the AFC West performed in Week 11?
1: Not specifically, no. We kind of touched on it. but
0: I'm going to pull that up because Vic Fangio talked quite a lot about um, the AFC West opponents because this week, of course— is only Denver's second AFC West opponent um, of this year. They played the Raiders, got trounced by uh, the special teams coordinator as interim head coach immediately after the Gruden uh, resignation. And uh, this week it's the Chargers. So how it shook out, you had the Kansas City Chiefs pretty handily beating the Dallas Cowboys, even though it wasn't a big blowout score, 19-9. And then you had the Chargers in what was kind of a shootout, Zach. The Steelers made a run at the end, but beating the Steelers, 37-41, and then the Raiders falling to the Bengals, 32-13. So the Raiders now sit also, Zach, at 5-5. Five and five. The Chargers are 6-4, and four, and now the Chiefs are 7-4. and four. So do you buy in, being that we got the Chargers this week, do you buy that this is really a team on the come, or is this one of those kind of uh, – Capturing lightning in a bottle with a new young head coach, and eventually the chickens will come home to roost.
1: I mean, would it be lightning in a bottle two years in a row? Because Herbert set records last year, and he's bringing them back. I mean, the Chargers tried their hardest to charger, and they couldn't charger hard enough against Pittsburgh. Herbert led them to a game-winning drive. Their defense did the rest. I thought it was an impressive performance, and that's kind of the underlying storyline to the the rest of these matchups. Uh, the Kansas City game, even though it wasn't a big final score, it, it's looking like that Kansas City offense is slowly coming back. And that defense now is the bigger storyline because they acquired Melvin Ingram, playing him at outside linebacker, and allowed them to move Chris Jones back inside. He had four sacks yesterday against the best OL in football. That's scary when you think about what he can do to the Broncos offensive line. So it looks like Kansas City is coming back to being that title contender, and the Chargers don't want to really go away. They go on you know, the roller coaster up and down, winning and losing, but when you have a player like Herbert, and I'll eat crow on him. I was totally wrong about him last year. Um, you're never out of a game, and I think Brandon Staley should be in the running for coach of the year, the way he has that team's respect, the way he holds Uh, post-game celebrations in the locker room. It's all business, but you can tell they're all buying into his message. And when you watch that, I wish the Broncos had someone like that. Oh, wait, they did. They had Brandon Staley.
0: (laughs) I thought it was funny today. Um, He was asked about Brandon Staley. Um, Let me go ahead and and, uh, read this answer. He He talked about, you know, hey, why did you hire Brandon Staley as an assistant for the Bears back in 2018? And what did you see in him and all that? Quote. When I interviewed him in the winter of 2018, so how long ago was that? He kind of, you know, I don't know. I knew he had the good ability to be a really good coach. For me to predict that he would be a head coach four years later, I didn't predict that. But I knew Brandon had special abilities as a coach. He had a really good understanding of the game on both sides of the ball. I was really happy to hire him and thought he would progress very well. And he did. And then he was asked, Zach, on what kind of things would – attract him to a younger coach, which obviously Staley was and is, quote, it's just kind of a feel thing. I like to let them do a lot of the talking rather than me asking a ton of questions, just how they would be as a teacher teaching their position. I kind of do it that way. And then I let it take off from there, close quote. One of the things that interests me, Zach, about Brandon Staley, the coach is something Fangio said right there in that first um, uh, remark, which is he had a really good understanding of the game on both sides of the ball. I'm not sure that's something Vic Fangio
1: in an objective setting. That's something that could
0: be said about him.
1: Well, a little known fact about Staley was he was a college quarterback and he wasn't exactly renowned. He wasn't a superstar, but he had that experience and he, he gets to look through the window on the other side of the glass. It's so important Vic Fangio knows nothing about offense, and worse than that, Chad, he has no interest in learning about the offense. He doesn't watch them when they're on the field or practicing. He's a pure defensive guy, and one of the reasons why that staff with a young coordinator and Joe Lombardi has gotten the most out of Herbert is because they're committed to advancing his development. They're putting him in situations and around talent that he can succeed with. The same couldn't be said about number three. I won't say his name.
0: Yes, indeed. Um, Really quick here, there's something interesting on the subject of Justin Herbert. This is worth talking about. By the way, guys, Pat Shermer, back in the building today. So for those of you agonizing, your hearts out, he's back. Um, On the jump Vic has seen in Justin Herbert from year one to year two, quote, I thought the guy was really good last year. I hadn't seen a guy coming from uh, what was a so-called college system, a lot of spread stuff. Nobody kind of knew how he would do, and he made a tremendous adjustment and adaptation to the NFL last year. I thought that their coaching staff last year did a great job with him. The coaching staff this year has just taken him to a new level, and he's really, really good. He throws the ball extremely well, big arm, but he throws with touch. He throws a very catchable ball. Obviously, he's big, so he's hard to get down. He's athletic and fast. You saw him run for almost 100 yards last night on scramble, so he is a complete Quarterback was Zach, crazy. and then he went on to talk about how the AFC West is a quarterback-heavy division, and all along you're just going, man, quarterback envy. You just want to eat your heart out. It's it can be depressing.
1: Why should he be envious? He has the the reincarnation of Tom Brady and Peyton Manning, Chad and Teddy Bridgewater. And, you know, the thing about Justin Herbert, what's so scary, is he's the first quarterback in history, I think it was, to throw for 380 yards and run for 90 yards in the same game. That's not Lamar Jackson or Michael Vick back in the day. That's Justin Herbert. So it's another glaring uh, red flag that Fangio has nothing to say about him but uh, cliches and platitudes and doing nothing on his own to get that same type of production out of a Broncos quarterback. You know, it's one thing... It's almost like he likes everybody else's stuff, but hates his own stuff. We know where that starts.
0: And we know where it ends. Right. Unemployment line, yeah. big dog. Randy, appreciate you, my friend, supporting every single night, the stars, the conversation. You mean a lot to us, big dog up there in the great white North of Alaska. He says, which players do you see Peyton trading on draft day along with picks to get a new QB? So, Let's just assume for the sake of fantasy and in conversation here, Zach Peyton trades up for one of, you know, pick whoever it ends up being the top guy or whatever. One of the top two guys, if a player is dealt, I guess it would be a little bit Randy contingent on who the partnering team is here because you, we would need to know what their needs are to kind of try and guess that. But you got to look at who's valuable. You know, uh, you just extended Sutton and Tim. They're not going anywhere. Uh Garrett Bowles, probably not going anywhere. Justin Simmons, probably not going anywhere. Who else at this stage, maybe I'm missing, I mean, Sertan not going anywhere. Who else really has value that this team would, that another team would actually be interested in in making a part of a compensation package?
1: You know, it's not just that. Like, It's also, we don't know what the roster is going to look like because so many players right now are on one-year deals. There's so many veterans that are not going to be brought back. So, a few names that popped into my mind that are under contract that teams could want. Noah Fant, for one. It seems like he's falling out of favor in the Broncos' offense. Um, Who was I going to say? K.J. Hamler, young speed demon on on his rookie contract. Um, The Broncos are flush with receivers that might not want him. And Ronald Darby, that was the other name. Um, You have to look at talent, veteran talent, that uh, is under multi-year control for the Broncos. And I think they have Patrick Sertan. If they can get something out of a Sang Bassi or Michael Oshamudia, they might not need Darby. But then Bryce Callahan and Kyle Fuller being in a walk here, complicate that.
0: Very interesting. I agree on that. No offense. But, hey, you know what? He still has time to kind of turn the ship around. Not to say that he's under any you know time crunch, but he should be doing much better than he has. He kind of improved a little bit in uh, – the Eagles game stepped up a little bit. You just want to see him keep building on that, but it takes a concerted effort on the part of the coordinator and the, and the quarterback to involve him. So we'll see Leroy. What's up, buddy? He says the plan for next year, bring in an offensive minded uh, head coach, treat lock like the vet because he is still under contract and then draft a quarterback. Let them battle in camp. What do you guys think? I wouldn't be opposed to it. I just don't know how realistic that is. I think, um, for the most part, the decision to roll with Teddy over Drew was a Fangio-driven decision, but it was sanctioned, obviously, by George Payton. And so from that, Zach, I can only infer that they're really off lock. Like lock to them yeah. is to Payton, because let's just assume Vic's going to be gone next year for the sake of this conversation. I don't think Payton's views lock as any kind of viable option, or else you would have seen him on the field. And so... What after all of what we're seeing happening this year to suddenly go, yeah, we're going to roll. We're going to draft a quarterback. Don't get us wrong. But we're going to go ahead and let Locke be the, the you know, elder statesman for a year. I think it would be cool. I'd like to see it happen. Don't get me wrong. I just don't think it's realistic. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Broncos trade him in the spring because his name appears to be mud at uh, UC Health Training Center. Yeah,
1: you know, I would love to really know George Payton's true thoughts on Drew Locke, because even if he wanted to start him, he's not going to override Vic Fangio, I mean, publicly. So his hands are kind of tied there, and Fangio picked Bridgewater, and he has the autonomy to maintain uh, the quarterback he wants under center. I'm with you, though. Ultimately, I think all the breadcrumbs coming out of Dove Valley is that the Broncos are done with Drew Locke as a prospect. And it's also for Drew Locke, it's a guy that might need a change of scenery. Sometimes a player just performs better in his second, third, fourth, fifth destination, whatever. And I think Locke could be that guy. Different system, different city, different players, different fans. It's a new start overall. I don't see Locke uh, coming back and competing. And of those three scenarios, like we, we mentioned earlier, Rodgers, Locke, and a young quarterback, Locke to me is the unlikeliest of the three to be involved next year.
0: Uh, Travis says, do you guys think Peyton will keep Kenny Young? The linebacker and Stephen Weatherly, the rush linebacker. After this year, I'm I'm not sure about Stephen Weatherly, but I think if Kenny Young continues on the trajectory Zach he's been on, which is providing significantly upgraded play at linebacker. When I say upgraded, I mean from the Justin Sternad on time, he's been much better. He didn't have a very good game against Philly, but he was a big big reason why they won uh, in Dallas. He played very, very well. So I think he has a real chance to get re signed, but it's probably not something that the team even contemplates until you get to the spring and then, uh, you know, see what else is out there. It's not like he's created such a demand within Dove Valley that they got to try and beat him to the punch. I think they'll wait and see how the season plays out. And then they're able to try and get him back. If they want him back, they'll make a push at the appropriate time.
1: You know, I agree with you, but that's what I said about Sutton, too. And even last night, I thought it was going to come down to free agency and maybe even the franchise tag. So if George Payton wants you, he's going to re-sign you. He's proven that. And there's really only a few uh, non-wide receiver and pending free agent extension candidates for Denver. Three inside linebackers and Bryce Callahan, in my opinion. Those three are Jewel, Young, and Alexander Johnson and you can make the case for either of the three and maybe even two of the three, but right now there's only one guy on the field. Right now there's only one guy of those three on the field making plays for Denver, and that's Kenny Young. Not saying he will get the contract, but I think one thing we learn about George Payton so far, if you contribute to the team and help the team, you will be given first preference.
0: Uh, Daniel Peterson, thank you for the stars, my friend. He says, Mac Jones looking pretty sharp as of late. Would he have been a better pick over PS2? PS2 has been great, but was that the hole we needed to fill? There's an argument there. In fact, Keith um, Cummings wrote an article on this topic like, hey, as Mac Jones continues to just kick butt in New England, it could be a situation that haunts the George Payton tenure, uh, just in the same way that like Josh Allen has kind of haunted John Elway since whatever that was, 2018. I'm trying to think, well, Lamar Jackson, those issues have kind of haunted the Broncos. Could this be one of them? But And it might be one that they constantly get grief over as an organization. But, Zach, I still submit, all right, not that I was some kind of anti-Mac Jones guy, far from it, but I submit that he landed in the one place that gave him the best possible chance to succeed as a pro out of the gates. And he, it was perfect for him. I'm not convinced you'd have seen this level of production and the team he lands on doing as well as they are doing there in New England on any other team, including the Broncos.
1: Josh McDaniels versus Pat Shermer. I mean, it would have applied to any quarterback they could have drafted, Fields, Mac Jones, whoever. When you deliver a talent like that to Pat Shermer, as he's shown with Drew Locke, it's going to be wasted. And if you wasted a year and ruined a a rookie developmental year with Pat Shermer, George Payton would have caught more grief because of that. He didn't have his guy that high up. I think he still wanted Trey Lance. And when he was off the board, he went to number two. Number two was Patrick Sertan and then Micah Parsons after that. So he wanted his guy and he wasn't going to reach for a quarterback. And I think in the back of his mind, in the recesses, He knew it's because Pat Shermer is around for 2021 and he more than likely won't be around for 2022. So it would have been a complete waste when he gets his guy in the building. Then George Payton and that head coach slash OC will make their decision and get their guy.
0: Let's grab Jeremy here with a very generous super chat. Appreciate that Jeremy Barker connect with us on Twitter and welcome. I don't recall having seen one of your super chats before. So thank you. But he makes this super chat, Zach, in part to declare no Malik Willis. He's not feeling Malik Willis, the Liberty quarterback, which I understand. He's uh he kind of created some solid buzz for himself after last season, but he hasn't quite been able to live up to the 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 hype this year. It'll be interesting to see what his draft stock does when you get to the pre draft trail, whether it's the you know what what pro days I'm I'm trying to remember. Is he a senior? I don't recall either way combine stuff like that workouts it can alter things especially for quarterbacks so i don't know i'm i'm undecided on it i don't think i'd be all that interested in trying to move mountains to get him in the first round but if you're the broncos and let's say you kind of finish zach middle of the pack and you land with like a pick 15 16 17 something like that and he's there yeah i would definitely consider taking him there because the freaking athletic tools are off the charts If you ended up hiring, and that kind of ties to this one here, Zach, the right head coach, offensive mind to kind of, you know, steward him.
1: The thing about Willis, you put him on an SEC team and not Liberty. I think his stats look a lot better because the plays he makes on his own are, you know, mind-boggling. It's just his offensive line lets him down. His pass catchers let him down if you watch the games. So he definitely has the raw tools. And I think he's the highest upside, lowest floor guy in this draft. A poor man's Trey Lance, if you will. And, again, if you have the right conviction about him and the right coaching staff around him, I'd pull the trigger. Maybe not top five, but top 15. And, you know, Corral, pick it off the board. Absolutely, I'm taking that chance.
0: All right, let's see uh, what else we got here. And, yes, Miguel, he wants to know, with these moves, um, does he already have a mind or a head coach in mind as far as bringing in a quarterback? Hard to say, buddy. Really hard to say. There's no way to know. I'll tell you this, Brian Dayball is presiding over what appears to be a regressing Josh Allen here in, what is this, his fourth year? Year four? Yeah, fourth year. What? What's your read now on Josh Allen, Zach? What's your read on Brian Dayball as a head coach prospect?
1: See, I don't judge. I'm not that impulsive where I'm going to start judging a coach's whole body of work on a couple games, if you've seen the work that Dayball has done with Josh Allen, the the film he's put together before this rough patch, that's what makes him hireable to me uh what's plaguing buffalo right now is they don't have much of a running game and teams are playing cover two kind of like how they're defending kansas city cover two two safeties over the top taking away the big big plays and letting the smaller plays develop that's making stefan diggs a non-factor emmanuel sanders cole beasley when you're relying on dawson knox and zach moss that's not the the weapons that josh allen brian dayball had in mind so credit to opposing defenses I would still love Dayball, Kellen Moore, Greg Roman, Joe Lombardi, Byron Leftwich, etc., etc., Eric Bien-Aimé. Uh I don't know that George Payton has a name in mind right now, but I think he has the big picture in mind that if or when he moves on from Vic Fangio, more than likely going to be an offensive coach. I just don't want a Mike Zimmer, Kirk Cousins pairing. That's not sexy at all.
0: He's on pace, Josh Allen, to potentially reach 5,000 passing yards this year. If you look at these numbers, and let's pretend these numbers I'm about to read off, Zach, were Drew Locke. How would you feel about him? 65% completion, 2,800 yards in 11 games now. I think 11. Either way, it might be 10. Uh, uh, 21 touchdowns and eight picks.
1: You'd take that all day long, right? I would, but I think Locke is capable of more than that. And, but at, at baseline, you can win with that.
0: So, yeah, I don't think, even if the Bills end up having a disappointing season uh, in the final analysis and miss the playoffs or whatever and fail to live up to their expectations, I think Brian Dayball uh, remains a very hot name in coaching circles, and it actually might make it easier for him to get hired, Zach, because if you're not playing deep into the playoffs, you know, it's just an easier prospect getting that that job.
1: I mean, you kind of have to want to leave the job you have right now. You know, we don't even know – we're not that in tune with Buffalo. We don't know if he wants a head coaching job, but he knows the rumors are out there. And if he wants to get in a, uh, a bigger pond as a smaller fish, then so be it. If he chooses that route, he'll have suitors banging down his door. And I hope the Broncos are one of them.
0: So Brian Dayball real quick. This dude is a really weird. He kind of has a weird uh, arc as a coach because he started out under Bill Belichick and, uh, 2000, 2001, and then as a defensive assistant, Zach. Then he becomes a receivers coach under Belichick from 02 to 06. Then he bounces, follows uh, Mangini as a quarterbacks coach uh, with the Jets in 07, 08. Goes on and uh, under Shermer, right? Wasn't Pat Shermer's tenure as Cleveland's head coach 09 and 10? Pretty sure that's his first offensive coordinator gig. I'm going to circle back to that. Miami Dolphins in 2011, offensive coordinator. Kansas City Chiefs, 2012, offensive coordinator. That was right before. uh, That was the last year before Andy Reid showed up, and then Patriots again as a tight ends coach for five years, 2013 through 16. Then he returned to the college ranks to be the OC and quarterbacks coach for Alabama Zach in 2017, and then when he got the job to be the offensive coordinator for the Bills. It was right before they drafted Josh Allen. And by that, I mean like two months, three months before in 2018 to be the OC. He has a very interesting coaching um, tree. And I guess it's uh, what he do. And what what was he as a player, Zach? I'm trying to remember. Wasn't he a defensive dude? Hold on.
1: I don't know for sure.
0: Hold on. Maybe not. Either way. But his uh his arc, he's he's on one hand, he's got some Schirmer in his coaching tree. He's got some Bill Belichick in his coaching tree. Interesting guy, but he's found a way to definitely make some hay in the league.
1: Yeah, and that's why he's being regarded. I mean, if you if you don't think Helen Moore is number one on the coaching circuit, I think Brian Dayball has the case to be number one because again, watch what he did with Josh Allen, turning him into a from a Paxton le- Paxton Lynch level bust into a NFL MVP candidate. That's Excellent coaching.
0: This dude has five Super Bowl rings as a as a coach because of his time with the Patriots. And then, of course, he was named AP NFL Assistant Coach of the Year last year for what it's worth. All right, let's see. We're at uh, 50 minutes, so let me try and get down here. I know there's a few Supers that have been patiently waiting. Here's Dale Rude. Good to see you, bro. Uh, bro appreciate you. We've missed you. He says, I predicted 11 to 12 wins regardless of the quarterback didn't factor that if the coaches named Teddy starter, this team would be playing not to lose from the coaches to the QB. It's a losing mindset. Yes, it is, my friend, and it's absolutely infuriating. We liked the odds. This was something, Zach, we echoed during the uh, offseason. Hey, we think it should be Drew. If it's not, we still feel pretty good about this team's chances of being able to win with Teddy as a playoff threat. And they technically, halfway through the year, are a threat for the playoffs right now. They haven't played themselves out, but they're about to. I hate to be the bearer of bad news.
1: Well, I also said I'm, I'm more scared of the Broncos coaching staff than I am Teddy Bridgewater, and that take has held up, you know, well as well. You know, Teddy is not winning the Broncos games. I don't think he's, except for last week, losing the Broncos games. They can do better, but they can do worse. It's the Broncos coaching staff that can be a lot better. A lot.
0: What about Matt Ryan? How would you feel about the Broncos making a push to acquire Matt Ryan? You know, like, Scott covers the, the Falcons, all right? He grew up as a Falcons fan as well. He told me, Zach, they can't really get out. They can't move on from him, move on from him in terms of cutting him until 2023 at the soonest. So if he leaves Atlanta, it's because he got traded.
1: I, it just doesn't excite me. Like I, I've watched some Atlanta games this year, and his arm strength has fallen off, and he's getting up there in age, and he's taking a beating in his career. I feel like in the 28-3 to 3 era with Kyle Shanahan, if he couldn't get over the hump then, he's never leading you to the promised land. And isn't that the whole point, Chad? It's not to have a winning record or to sneak into the wild card round. It's to win a freaking Lombardi trophy. So if Matt Ryan's not going to guide you to that, then it's no reason to pursue him.
0: Dave wants to know, I need a firm update on when I can start reading Slow Getting Up for Bronco's Book Club. I'll give you one. You ready? Start this week for Thanksgiving. All right? We will do the next episode of Bronco's Book Club. Not this Saturday. The next. All right? That next Saturday, whatever the date is. I don't have my phone. My phone just died. So not this Saturday, but the next. We'll cover the first two, three chapters of Slow Getting Up. So get started. And uh, we'll talk about it then, bro. Appreciate your patience. Uh, Tony D.A. Dubzak, what's up, fellas? O-line struggles are due to play calling. Can I ask, the last time we threw a slant route, <laughs> go Broncos. True. Just mystifying staples that you expect to see in a competent NFL offense I mean. just conspicuously
1: absent. For anyone who watched the Dallas game, Kansas City game yesterday, the Chiefs had a touchdown where it was Travis Kelsey taking a snap. Travis Kelsey taking a snap at a Wildcat with Patrick Mahomes lined up behind him. I mean, Kellen Moore has plays where he splits out Connor Williams, a 360-pound guard at wide receiver, and we're begging for a slant route or a screen pass. It's just so pathetic where the Broncos are right now, and they've hitched their entire wagon, to, of all people, Pat Shermer, and he's been shown to get worse and worse and less creative as he's gone on. It's just, it's pathetic. Uh, Here's Kayaka with an extremely generous super chat. Thank you, bro.
0: Legendary Mount Rushmore superstar. He says, I'm so happy Cortland and Timmy P do not share an agent with Dennis Schroeder, NBA, LOL. Dude passed on 84 mil to sign a one-year deal for just a few mil. Ouch. Elated for Timmy and Cortland. George Payton, exec of the year. Much aloha. Yeah, I, you know, in, in, not in, not in spirit, not in heart. In the minds of the of Broncos fans, yes, but unless your team's wrecking shop, you're not going to win Executive of the Year, you know. So for what it's worth, but I feel you. We're right there with you, Big Dog.
1: I think right now uh, Steve Keim is the leader for Executive of the Year, the GM of the Cardinals, considering how well they're playing and doing over there. Even without Kyler Murray, they're putting up a fight. But I did tweet this Kayaka a few weeks ago. If the Broncos do make the playoffs, I think George Payton should be in serious consideration for GM of the Year. And those who've watched him work since January knows the Broncos have a real one and a great one in the front office.
0: Sam Bam again. Thanks, brother. What about Gardner Minshew, Mitch Trubisky, or Dwayne Haskins? Ha ha. JK. Let's move on now. We appreciate the mirth, though. We need the laughs. We got a rapid fire, guys. We're about out of time. Uh, Kayaka, again, bro. Thank you, my friend. And he is a friend. We got to hang out all day. Week three, the Jets game. Kicked it with Kayaka. Watched the game with Kayaka. High quality cat. Love you. He says, my opinion, extending Sutton and Timmy is smaller of a factor than you may think. I believe... If you lose one or both of those studs, you're playing, just don't win many games, regardless of who the quarterback is. Also, the division we're in plays a factor. Yeah, dude. And you know what? Someone down the road is going to be sending little thank you cards to George Payton that these two got re-signed. You know, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, a quarterback in the draft, whoever. Did they absolutely have to have them back? I think they absolutely had to have one of them back. But, you know, it's a logjam position for this team, wide receiver. They got a lot of young talent. They're going to have to confront what to do with Jerry Judy and K.J. Hamler in 2023-ish. You know, so uh, they're just getting a jump on that.
1: I hope whoever the quarterback is likes jump balls, because when Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton on the field, those are the two best guys in the business you know, to get a 50-50 pass. So it does signal again that George Payton has serious plans for the offense, and that includes upgrading a quarterback and putting him into a well-oiled machine because behind the quarterback is Javante Williams. Flanking him are those receivers. That's a good position to be in for any quarterback.
0: Shane Daniels, appreciate you, bro. Hey, Chad, Zach, great show. Who do you think will be the next player? to be extended. You got a top candidate for that, Zach?
1: Inside linebacker, either Kenny Young, Jewel, AJ. I mean, AJ was the number three, uh, inside linebacker, according to PFF. I don't know how much faith y'all put in that, but that's what it was. Kenny Young's playing, making a lot of plays right now. And I think if you resign him now, you would save some money down the road. If he just kind of, um, extends what he's done on the field so far. I don't know. I mean, other than that, who would you really extend? Malik Reed, who's an RFA? So it's either an inside linebacker or Bryce Callahan. God, I hope not Kyle Fuller.
0: Yeah. It would be pretty unprecedented to work out an extension in season with a person on injured reserve, with a player on IR, even if they're in a contract year. I can't even think of the last time I can remember seeing that happen. But I'm with you on Kenny Young as a possibility, although I do think that probably ends up getting worked out early in the uh, offseason as far as decisions and and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, good food for thought. Here we got uh, Colby. Sorry, guys, we got to get out of here. He says, my wish is granted both Patrick and Sutton staying. Hopefully this helps whatever incarnation of quarterback we'll have next year. Like my brother said, when Peyton Manning came, suddenly our mediocre receiving core looks pretty good. What would have been with these guys? Or – what would have been with these guys or what could be with a great quarterback well said brother what will well be said with a great what quarterback. will be all right let me let me oh real quick shout out yvonne good to see you bro lock still have a contract yep that's his contract year 2022 for drew so he's under contract one more year i'm just not yet convinced he's going to play out his rookie contract uh with the denver broncos claydo tornado what's up bro thank you he says almost forgot to show some support you guys are the best uh you're a sweetie also Best question, wait, uh, hold on, are the best. Also, question, second biggest need besides quarterback? Personally, I say inside a defensive line, interior defensive line. Zach, your thoughts?
1: We had this debate on the pod last night, Scott and I. It was either would you prioritize Uh, edge or cornerback, and Scott and I both said edge because they really don't have anyone there, and they have some bodies at cornerback that you can win with. So I'm going to say, you know, not interior. They have some guys there. I have to say edge and right tackle among the non-quarterback. You've got to get a right tackle.
0: To me, it's the no-brainer, edge. You could make an argument for the interior defensive line, but, guys, it's edge and it's right tackle. Those are the two biggest achilles hills for this team right now post i mean not only right now but like beyond this year as far as do you have dogs coming back that you can count on not really clato i mean chubb's gonna be here but we still don't know what that's gonna be like we haven't seen a healthy season fully healthy season from this cat since his rookie year uh clato again he says also i would rather hire jason garrett than byron Leftwich. he was awful that one year with arizona left a bad taste in my mouth that was a really no. poor situation too though
1: no no, Jason Garrett, please. No. No, Jason Garrett. Please. Rehash. God,
0: no. He'd be a second, second go-around guy. Mm-mm. At least Leftwich would have, hey, you know, he's getting an opportunity for the first time. Juice. Uh, Zach, Ooh. hey, here's a newer name. I'm not going to try and butcher your name. Welcome. Thank you. Appreciate you. ZZ. Look, first Super Chat I can recall, and you're already getting nicknames, dude. I'm Is calling him not? Zach Galaxy. There you go. Boom. Just got online. Not sure if you addressed it, but have read a bunch of articles saying Dan Quinn is being considered for head coach. Thoughts? Miss me, dude. Miss me on Dan Quinn. You just want to recapitulate. Look, I think Dan Quinn is a much better head coach competency-wise than Vic Fangio. Don't get me wrong, all right, on that front. The proof is in that pudding. He almost got a ring. Almost. Came this close to getting a ring. So I don't want to rake this dude through the mud, but it needs to be an O.C., And at this point, it's only uh, writers and and insiders speculating. To my knowledge, there is no source of, you know, there's not some insider saying, according to sources, George Payton likes Dan Quinn. That hasn't happened.
1: Dan Quinn, I thought you were going to say this. I I agree with what you said as well. Dan Quinn is a much better coordinator than he is a head coach, though. And that's, you know, what he's doing in Dallas right now, he kind of stymied that Kansas City offense. He's doing a great job, uh, taking over in Dallas, but that's where he belongs in that spot. Kind of like Fangio, much better coordinator than a head coach. I don't want Jason Garrett. I don't want, uh, Dan Quinn. Give me a refreshing young up and coming guy. Take the chance. Go for the upside, not the four. Yep.
0: Yep. Um, rage quit. Good to see you. If we get a new head coach, I'd like to see, I would like Chiefs offensive coordinator or bucks offense corner a coordinator and if the dolphins get watson i would like to see the broncos get tua no um i wouldn't hold your breath on b enemy but left is a curious i like them both as candidates i don't love either one of them per se but left to me is a very intriguing coordinator uh option to be head coach just because he has he was a very similar to teddy bridgewater in terms of the type of leader he was when he was a player and how he was kind of known with his respective clubs only i think you could maybe argue he had a little bit more production than teddy as a pro quarterback then he goes on to you know some takes bumps his head along the way but he's held some pretty serious jobs and he also got to work with tom dude like that is a pretty serious plus pro on the old resume because the number of things you can learn or just grow from, even if by osmosis, playing or coaching, I should say, coordinating the greatest quarterback of all time, you don't know what the limits of that could be, Zach.
1: Well, they're on right now. They're playing the Giants. So let us know how uh, uh, Leftwich and the the Buccaneers look. I I don't want Tua because he's the left-handed version of Teddy Bridgewater and I'm so past that experiment right now. Get me a dynamic quarterback. Tua is not the guy.
0: Uh, Corey H., thank you, bro. We really got a rapid fire. Thank you, buddy. He says, Matt Ryan works only if you're drafting a quarterback in the first round. Totally for that. But then how did you get him here? Because you think they're going to give him up for a song, right? So like, if you're going to draft a quarterback high, you're probably going to need the pick
1: or picks you gave up to acquire Matt Ryan would be my guess, Zach. And what do you want to come here? I mean, he's in the twilight of his career right now. I, I'm assuming he wants a ring. Would he want to be a mentor for his eventual replacement? I don't think so. So it's, it, uh, I'll always say this and I'll say it again. It takes two in the NFL to tango.
0: James Grossman. Appreciate you, bro. Hey, gents love the flood of good content. The team at MHH is pushing out Thank lately. You. Keep it up. Most kind brother. John Dayball is the only choice in my mind. Denver has never had a history of QB development. Dayball does. Very, very true. Especially, you know, I mean, Josh Allen has kind of taken a modest step back this year, but we just went through the numbers. Like, just going off of statistical production, his average or less than optimal production is the type of numbers sitting here at the halfway point in the season that most Broncos fans would kill for right now from their quarterback. Kill for. So, yeah, give me the guy that knows how to teach and develop a quarterback.
1: And who's been, as you mentioned, at Alabama alongside Nick Saban? I mean, that's a big feather in his cap, and it kind of gives him a unique perspective as well. Especially if the Broncos want to draft a quarterback, who better to lean on for that route than Nick Saban? And who has Nick Saban in his rolodex? And that's Brian Dayball. So um, I'm all for it.
0: If uh, Zach, we got to get out of here. So if you want to yeah. do the rundown, I'll I'll pull up and we, see if Facebook wants to uh, help us. You know, well, show who the contributors were.
1: We were blessed to get another super from Zach Galaxy. We appreciate you so much, Zach. Thank you, Zach. You're coming on really strong. And Z-A-C-K, by the way, I got to give you major props for that. We're caught in a Z-H-C-H world, Zach, so uh, you're doing it the right way, and I respect that. Who do you take a quarterback in draft? I know Corral personally not sold as an NFL starter. I don't know if (laughs) you know him, you know him off the field personally, I guess that's what that means, but everything I've seen on paper so far, not the biggest, or you know, on film, not the biggest or best draft class compared to last year, but I think he's the safest and best choice right now among the quarterbacks. A sneaking part of me likes Kenny Pickett, though. I get a lot of Justin Herbert vibes from him. Malik Willis has the upside, the dual threat ability. So if you don't want Corral, Zach, I understand that, but I think right now he is QB1. All
0: right, guys, um, before we get out of here, shout out to the top star senders tonight. Here's how we finished. We will be raffling off some swag at the end of this week for the people who contributed stars this week so stay tuned for that how we freaking day miguel randy andrew lampy that is cameron wadman thank you cameron i don't know if i don't think we got one of your questions we'll make it up to you james grossman travis tarbox shane daniels colby c collier gary leeds palmer andrew baker mike reno daniel peterson yvonne george and travis weber and last but not least dave glassman love and appreciate each one of you all of our super chat superstars mile high salute Love you. Appreciate you. We'll do a full update on where things stand on the super chat giveaway, the top five. When we come back Wednesday, Scott was off tonight. So we'll circle back hang uh, till then. And then otherwise Zach sign us off, bro.
1: Yes, sir. Until we see you guys next time on Wednesday evening for more of the huddle up podcast, follow us on Twitter at huddle up pod. You can follow the main account for all your Broncos news analysis and rumors at mile high huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter. At Chad and Jensen, you can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. If you haven't already, go to huddleuppod.com and get yourself a hoodie that Chad's rocking, a hat that Chad's rocking, a coffee cup, anything and everything you can imagine is in that store. Your one-stop shop at huddleuppod.com. Also, Facebook.com/slash Mylie Huddle. Very important, guys, hit that big blue button, become a supporter. You get instant access to our VIP programming, including Kelberman's Corner, Broncos Book Club, Trickle Zone, each and every week. We appreciate all the patrons uh, tuning into that. Also, Facebook.com slash pod, like that page and follow that page. And if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priests a five-star review for a chance to win a hoodie, a hat, shirt, etc each and every month also if you can't do any of those any of those things do these three things take a few seconds subscribe like and share this video and every video you see on the mhh channel chat it helps us grow and reach more broncos fans just like you
0: and guys that apple podcast thing is huge for us so even if you are with us live every night you don't even listen on demand if you're an iphone user go find us on itunes apple podcast whatever it's called now and give us that five star rating it helps us out a lot and it Gets you a chance to to win some swag. So as Zach said, love and appreciate each
1: and every one of you. We want to give it away too, so be sure to take care of that, guys. But we'll be back Wednesday night for more of the Huddle Up podcast. Take care, and as always, go Broncos. You've been listening
0: to the Huddle Up podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.